4: and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: iHeartRadio presents Conversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations. Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling. Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Conversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the
0: industry.
5: Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the iHeart Podcast webinar speaker series. My name is Connell Byrne. I'm the CEO of iHeart Digital. We've been doing this speaker series for uh, the better part of two years now. We started it when we were moving into quarantine, and we wanted to keep talking amongst ourselves, but also with the public about this incredible medium that just kept growing called podcasting. Out of that turned into a really, really cool series of, of conversations with creators we have that we're in business with, that we develop content with, and that we put out there in the world about where they come from, why they do what they do, why they've chosen podcasting as at least one of the mediums that they work in. And uh, I really do cherish this half hour every week that I get to sit down and talk with some of those partners. This week is a honestly a very special treat for me. I've been in podcasting going on. 15 years. And there are a few sort of OG podcasters and podcasts that I have worked with almost for that entire time. Back in the stuff media days when we were a podcast network that was then subsequently acquired by iHeart and became essentially the iHeart Podcast Network. Two of those creators are Noel Brown and Ben Bolin. They've worked on podcasts since the medium was a thing almost. They've worked on multiple shows as hosts of shows, executive producers of shows. They drive millions and millions of podcast downloads a month in terms of producers, but also voice talent hosts. They are two of the biggest folks in this medium period and have been for years. So first of all, Ben and Noel, as much as that intro probably still surprises you, (laughs) thank you for joining me for the conversation. I do appreciate it.
6: I I compared it to like a frog boiling in water where it's just like, you know, if the temperature is low enough for a long enough time, you don't even realize that things have changed drastically. That's sort of like a negative example of what's happened to us over the years, but I always kind of have to look up and stock take where it's like, wow, we've been doing this for like 10 years. It's wild.
7: I would say, honestly, to that point you made about our time in the medium together, I always have these weird moments where you and I are talking about something. And I remember that I started as an intern. <laughs> and like I would never have thought that we'd be here. But I think a lot of people would say the same. The growth has been sure. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
5: You guys are going to make fun of me, but uh, a lot of times on these conversations, I will talk about origin stories. I am fascinated with how people started. I think that at the end of the day, but maybe very fundamentally, we're sort of communicators or storytellers. And there are people in the world who are really into that. And then there are others who don't really do that. You guys are clearly in that first bucket, but I've found that more often than not, something sparked that in your life. Some influence you had as a kid or a friend or, or a hero you looked up to. So Ben. Starting with you, at what point in your life did you realize, oh, I'm, I'm a creator, a storyteller. I like to make content and talk about that content. Where did that come from? I was a
7: voracious reader as a child. Noel and I are both only children. So I grew up in my own kind of imagined universe and I was reading all the time and I wanted to make the kind of stories that I wanted to see in the world. I adored Rod Serling as a child, I still do. And I looked for every medium through which I could bring stories with people often in a collaborative way. So I was a theater kid, of course, I was in writing programs, improv, did some film stuff et cetera. And when podcasting first came out, and Connell, when you and I were working together in the early days, and we thought podcast is people talking about an article on the site for five minutes, you recall that I was very much like, put me in the game, coach any show and my first crack at it was car stuff and i never looked back i love being able to explore these fascinating things that's what we're doing we're kind of making the shows we would want to listen to which not everyone can say what do you think no would you agree with that
6: yeah i mean for me i you mean know, i come from a performing family both of my parents were opera singers so i grew up kind of as that was just a part of my life it was just you know I never questioned it and I you know grew up playing violin and then decided to pivot more towards you know wanting to be a rock star that didn't fully work out but I make more music now than I've ever made in my entire life and I can thank podcasting for that because it affords me the ability to like have this great home studio and get all this nerdy synth stuff and also we podcast remotely now and so I'm able to kind of like do the podcasting and then also after that make music for podcasts for other shows little music cues I've kind of done everything from the editing side to the hosting side to the EPing side but the storytelling angle, I mean, for me, I just think like Ben, you know, being an only child, I kind of had to find my people in fiction or in film and cinema in in songwriting, which is storytelling in and of itself. And I think at the end of the day, I just like talking to people and sharing and learning and listening and the shows that Ben and I do together stuff that I want you to know in Ridiculous History are conversational shows where we sort of learn things together in real time with the audience.
5: Did you feel like you were an outsider as a kid? Did that drive some of this creativity? Definitely.
7: I don't know about you, Noel, but definitely on my end, I am a military brat, which means I moved around quite a bit. I was left to my own devices in a very beautiful, creative way. And I think a lot of times creative people live with some percentage of their mind in the day-to-day Real world, and then some other percentage in the world that could be or the what ifery, you know? So some of my best friends growing up, as weird as it might sound, were probably fictional characters.
5: <laughs> what about you, Noel? Growing up, outsider, I imagine a kid wandering around an opera house while his parents are going on and off stage, literally, and the, and the magic of that world being very yeah. Weird. Is that real?
6: It was fascinating because like I did, I took it for granted at the time, obviously, because it was just what I was presented with. But now looking back, I, I you know I walked around New York in the nineties when I was twelve by myself, and I look back on that, I'm like, what are you thinking, mom? How irresponsible! But also, it was amazing, you know. I like I really was able to kind of be left to my own devices and and. Experience War and yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was kind of an outsider because I was the only kid, you know, in the opera house, aside from maybe a couple of other kids that were along for the ride like me, or maybe kids that were in the show. Yeah, I absolutely felt the same way. And then I found my people later in life in, in high school with like people I was in bands with and, you know, D&D nerds and people I'd sit with at lunch that were into weird counterculture stuff like me. So those are the people that are our people now. That listen to the show and they reach out and that we actually connect with. That's a big part of what we do is connecting with the audience and having that dialogue. And that's possible with podcasts more than I think any other entertainment medium, that direct connection with an audience.
5: I don't want to leapfrog over a big milestone in your guys' sort of creative careers, but there was a show that you launched and worked on together called Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Massive show, many, many millions of downloads a month. And that show was more than anything about conspiracy theories, the roles they play in our lives. Sometimes they're more real than we maybe would like to believe or certainly know. Out of that show, you guys launched a new show called Ridiculous History. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when it was launched in podcasting because there was this surge of history content in podcasting mm-hmm. early. Lore with our friend Aaron Mankey, stuff you missed in history class with our colleagues, Holly and Tracy. Ridiculous history almost felt like in reaction to that. I don't, I don't want to put words in your guys' mouths, but it was almost <laughs> like, let's let's not take this too seriously. History is also absurd and cyclical mm-hmm. and crazy and tangential. Oh, yeah. But where for you, starting with you, Ben, like, Where did the idea come from? Like, why this show? Why this title? What was the vibe?
7: Yeah. So this show is really special to us because originally it was something that would be windowed on a single platform, right? But you run into new experimental shows all the time. And in that regard, it was experimental, but also there's something so powerful about approachability, right? Sometimes when people think of history, we think of dusty old textbooks, sometimes textbooks with an agenda or something, but really history is a palimpsest. It is a conversation, you know, and what we wanted to do was emphasize how history is human. Like the people thousands of years ago were just as intelligent as the people of 2022 and perhaps even arguably better attuned to their environment. So we wanted to find those moments of triumph and those moments of relatable foibles that we could share. And I think we're both if either of us have an addiction, I think our addiction is learning. And that's one thing that's beautiful about ridiculous history. Like I'll give you one example. We just recently did an excellent two-part episode on how British suffragettes in the move to, to get the right to vote learned jiu-jitsu. And this is a true story, Colin. Create a crack squad of like high-level jiu-jitsu bodyguards to protect people who were pivotal in that movement. And they regularly waxed the, the police and like the dudes who were mad about everybody getting to vote. I don't know. That stood out to me, Noel.
6: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, the, the name says it all. I mean, it is about ridiculous moments in history, but it's also two guys that don't take ourselves too seriously. I mean, this sounds lame, but we're just like you. We just want to learn. We want to find this stuff out. Oftentimes we'll make mistakes and we lean into it and own it. We are not trying to, you know, be the end all be all. We are interested in this stuff and fascinated by it and do our homework, but history is weird. And sometimes they There are are conflicting reports about things. And when we find those, we own up to it, obviously. But like the fact that we're not trying to act like we are the experts, I think, is what makes the show relatable. And we kind of are stumbling through this stuff just like everybody else who's listening. So
0: my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant.
4: Listen to a brand new season of math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: We ask a different kind of origin story there's one thing to ask about where did you get this sort of spark of wanting to create and communicate the other is where did you guys get this filter on life that is conspiracy theory obsessives and now the absurdity of history enthusiasts like you have this lens on life that is very dark different curious the margins Where did that come from? From stuff they don't want you to know, the show that you had done previously to Ridiculous History. I see a through line of like, it's all made up. It's all crazy. Don't you guys see it, Ben? What about you? where you, Where do you think that came from? That's
7: a really interesting question. And it's something that I have not thought about too much. So I agree with you that there does seem to be a thematic or narrative through line. Perhaps the best way to inform that is to say that stuff they don't want you to know is critical thinking applied to all that crazy stuff on the fringes. And what surprised us along with our day one colleague, Mr. Matt Frederick, was that often on a troubling frequency we would find a grain of truth in some of the most bizarre stories and then at some point we started realizing hey this is happening so often that maybe the truth about history is that it's full of absurd and ridiculous things. And then uh, we kept digging. There's a lot of overlap in the audience. There's a lot of overlap in some of the stories, especially about government cover-ups or weird things like the CIA trying to make cat spies, like house cats into spies. That was a real thing. And so we wanted to share that because we're kind of demystifying history.
6: Well, in the same way that that we, we find, you know, these grains of truth and conspiracy theories. And again, the term conspiracy theory has sort of become this term of abuse that is intended to shut down a conversation. So we try very carefully not to cast ourselves. We are not conspiracy theorists. We discuss these things as they pertain to the zeitgeist and the conversation around politics, around history. It really is, you're absolutely right, Connell. there is a through line between the two. As we know, history is often written and guided by the victors, you know, the ones that won the conflict. Or you know, the patriarchy, for example. They're the ones who are writing these, these stories. So you have to take sort of a critical eye even to just history and not take everything at face value. So there is that Mm -hmm. through line between both shows that I think is very important.
5: No, let me hang on you for a sec, because you guys said something a couple of minutes ago that I think is really interesting, but also kind of scary. The role of the individual in history. This show, Ridiculous History, is so smart is because it highlights this. It's driven almost entirely by human decision-making and humans making those decisions. And humans are inherently eccentric and wacky and unpredictable. I and mean, we see this today and in our elections and what's happening right now in, in mm-hmm. warfare around the world that at some point is close back to an individual who made a call. When you see this again and again in your ridiculous history topics and your episodes, I imagine that's as much an awesome idea that humans have so much agency in the landscape of history as it is a scary idea that humans have so much agency in history. But Noel, you've done hundreds of these episodes now. Is that a takeaway you have pretty consistently? And is it scary? Well, it's like, you know,
6: what choice do we have? You can either be terrified of of the awful power of human species and live every day in existential dread or you can try to wrap your head around and realize you have a finite time on this planet and it's better just to be curious and dig in and answer some of these questions knowing you'll never be able to answer all of them but why not at least just enjoy life before we blow ourselves up yeah i mean it's true it is scary but it also like what what is the alternative like written language is in and of itself inherently flawed and malleable and can be misinterpreted and just the fact that all of these other languages exist And just by writing something like, say, the King James Bible, that is a political translation based around the views of one monarch that then became the version of the Bible. So it's like, that is all throughout history. Ben, I know that you you feel very similar about this. And we talk about it all the time, you know, at the bar and on (laughs) mic.
7: Right, right. Yeah, no, you're spot on, Noel. And I think that is such an excellent paradox to point to is exactly what you've described, Connell, to look at the amazing acts of nobility like the idea that one guy for instance louis pasteur was able to save so many people through pasteurization the idea that someone like norman borlaug through the green revolution would be able to save billions of people's lives. The guy who invented the seatbelt may have saved the most lives ever in the entirety of human history, other than the people who said, let's not launch nuclear weapons. And this sort of stuff, for every amazing story like that, through a show that I used to do called Stuff of Genius, which was an animated thing about inventors, for every one of those, there's also a dark analog of some sort where one person can do tremendously terrible things. And those people they're very much like you they want the same things they are rational actors history is human and that's what i think people forget sometimes and and also the best way for to learn about anything i think is to make it relatable to make it feel experiential and to have a little bit of a sense of humor about it. Because, like Noel said, in any time, any time of adversity or uh, any time of danger, really, humor and history are human, is what I would say. And they're linked together. And if you can't look back on some of the crazy things that people did and understand why it's funny, then I don't know if you're looking at it the right way. That's what we try to do. We're hoping that our show can inspire the future versions of us. The the kids who were sitting there maybe felt like they didn't fit in or maybe thought that history was being too top down in the way it was communicated with them. So that's that's who we're making this show for, I think.
5: I think you've hit those notes in this show with just pitch perfection. I think you have a show in, in Ridiculous History that was so strong growing so fast. We've literally now franchised this out into new shows. The new hit show from the iHeart Podcast Network is called Ridiculous Crime. Very similar approach. And we'll have those guys on in a coming week to talk about what they're doing there because it's a great show, but it's similar in its attitude. It's taking a well-worn genre in podcasting that's growing and just coming at it a little bit more lightheartedly and maybe a little bit more humanly in a weird way. But I love this notion that Ridiculous History has nailed, which is that History may be ridiculous because humans are ridiculous, but whether history is good or bad depends on what, in large part, a human's motivation is to do a thing. And so it gives listeners a lot of agency like that. Listen, we are in the middle of this medium that has 120 million Americans a month now listening. It's exploding It shows engagement like no other medium today and I just want to thank you guys because you were there right around the beginning and the shows that you've hosted, executive produced, put out there in the world are a huge part of why this medium is as big as it is today. So Thanks for hanging out with me, but thanks for that bigger thing, too.
6: (laughs) Always a
7: pleasure. Thank you, Connell, because I don't know if you've said this or if our audience knows this, but every step of the way, at least in my experience, I was very fortunate to be hanging with you, and you didn't say yes to everything. And for the record, when you said no, you were, I'll say it, you were usually right. Usually right. But we also, I think it's important to say that we on the creative side, we have autonomy that is undreamt of in other media. And for that, I think Noel and I are both really grateful. So thank you as well.
5: No doubt. Thank you, Noel, Ben. I really appreciate it. Everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hopefully you learned something. We'll see you next week. Be well, stay safe. Take care.
2: Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new, Season Two.